how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to episode 370, where I spoke with the Northman screenwriters and director Robert Eggers and his partner Sean, his writing partner, who's a Icelandic author. Uh, these two guys actually met at a party at Bjork's house in, in Iceland, I believe. Uh, and they kind of hit it off and started writing together. They had both just written some stories. Um, Sean wrote a book, and then obviously Robert wrote The Witch about witchcraft in the 1700s. They connected over that and later uh, connected on this new story, The Northman. So we talk a little bit, we talk a lot about The Northman. We talk about some of Robert's other work, uh, The Witch, and of course, The Lighthouse. And then throughout this, we also talk about belonging to culture what that means, how the Vikings journey kind of differentiates from the hero's journey, but how they still kind of are able to use that to shape the plot. And then of course, the logistics of their writing process, how they actually came together and, and wrote this. And if this is your first time tuning in, make sure and hit that subscribe button. Give us a review if you can. You can also look for some uh, video of this interview on our new YouTube channel, Creative Principles. I'll be taking little cuts from the interviews, putting them on there. And we're also doing a weekly live every Thursday night at 9 for the rest of the year. We're talking about the top 10 uh, pilot episodes of all time. Last night we did The Sopranos. Next week it's The Wire. So look for that upcoming live. And we're going through the, our, our top 10 episodes of all time. Well, I started as a poet at a very young age, really. I mean, I was... Uh, 15 turning 16 when I published my first book of poetry and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, so I, I, I became uh, excited about words and images very early on because I realized that poetry is so much a visual art mm. because uh, that's the main tool you use in poetry it's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, making images mm. in words and uh, like any other kid, you know, I grew up in Reykjavik in the in the in the in the sixties, seventies, and uh, like any other kid, you know, I mean, I was obsessed with cinema. And in Reykjavik, there was pretty much nothing else to do than going to the cinema when I was growing up. And uh, we had quite a thriving cinema culture here in 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 Iceland. We 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 had seven cinemas at the time, you know, and obviously single screen cinemas, but you know, you went there every week, sometimes two, three times a week. And uh, cinema was always with me. So when the opportunity arose, I was ready to write for cinema as well as poetry and, and uh, prose. I think that, you know, it's the medium of storytelling that, uh, you know, is, is the most, uh, or certainly, or certainly for me as a kid, was was the most immediate and the most ab abundant, and uh, you know, like uh, a normal American kid who grew up in the '80s, like you know, Star Wars and Indiana Jones and that kind of thing was what got me 
uh, passionate about movies and 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 stories uh and there was like a, a, a making of the return of the jedi um from star wars to jedi that uh showed me that you know this is this is thing you this is thing people do you know and that that really excited me uh but then you know growing up i was in did a lot of theater uh and i i went I eventually went to acting school with designs to be a director. I didn't know how you would could become one. Um, but I, I started my own theater company with my friends and, and I, and, and we were doing theater and, and I was frustrated that people didn't see it. And so I thought I, I need to find a way to, you know, make films so people can actually see what I'm trying to communicate. And you, you've always been interested, been interested in, um, you know, works of the past and maybe some revisionist type thing. You started with Telltale Heart and Hansel and Gretel. Was that purposeful for reasons of like public domain strategic, or was it just an interest? Like, where did you kind of come to that idea? Yeah. I mean, uh, folk tales, fairy tales, uh, and, uh, mythology, the past that uh, I've always been interested in that. I don't in, in entirely know, know why, but, you know, uh, both of those stories are, you know, contained. And so I thought they would potentially make good short films because they would potentially not be that expensive. Uh, but, but, but you know, I think I'm I'm more interested in that subject matter than I am maybe in 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 films and in 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 the end. Hmm. So uh, I'd maybe, maybe rather write a novel that no or paint a, a painting, although I wouldn't be very good at either uh, of the things that I'm interested in than make um, a movie that is something that I'm not interested in. When I was growing up here in 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 Iceland in the in the seventies, there was no cinema. There was no local cinema. I mean, uh, the idea of writing for cinema was uh, not there. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure if uh, we we had had filmmaking at the time, that uh, I would have seen that as an option early on. You know, mm -hmm. because film was such a big part of what made me interested in just expressing myself. And uh, obviously, uh, it was exciting cinema that excited you. And what was exciting cinema? It was, like Robert mentioned, you know, I mean, it was the space movies. It was it was horror when you were old enough to go to horror. And and uh, I guess that if, if I had started, like, uh, writing for cinema at that time, I, I would have gone in that direction rather than the the... What what the perceived artistic <laughs> filmmaking, you know, mm. because I I too I, I was obsessed with folk stories and and tales of the weird from from an early age, you know, and mm. and uh, and that's what I've been using in all my writing ever since, you know, for whatever form. That's so, why we get along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you guys obviously have a lot in common. How did you kind of meet and decide to work on the Northman together? Well, it's 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 becoming the stuff of legends, you know. I mean, uh, uh, what well, I think it was what was it was it uh, in spring or early summer or uh, it was 2016, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely uh, you know close to the 
to the summer equinox because uh, we we were out partying in the sun at 2 a.m uh, yeah. but uh, but but basically yeah i mean I was with my wife, Allie, in Iceland, and uh, Robin Carolyn, who was one of the composers on The Northmen, uh, uh, but this was far before The Northmen, uh, we was, was saying that we should s- say hi to Björk when we were in Iceland, who we didn't know. And we said, please, like, Björk, we don't need to bother Björk, like, it's perfectly fine. Um, and she, but she reached out and, and invited us to dinner and said that she was going to be inviting her friend Shion that she thought that I would get along with. And of course I have never met her. Um, but, <laughs> uh, although I suppose, you know, it doesn't, maybe it, like Bjork is good at matching people, but it maybe doesn't take a rocket scientist to think that Shion and I would get along. In, in hindsight <laughs> yeah no no it was amazing that she brought us together and and and, and we met there over uh, a home-cooked salmon that Björk cooked in the in her own kitchen and uh, and uh, we started talking and uh, uh, I like to tell this story Robert you know that uh, Robert was still telling people that he was not related to Dave Eckers you know because <laughs> obviously most people outside the US you know, uh, expect all Eggers to be related, you know, and that was the only Eggers we knew. So he said, "I'm, I'm not." Re- by the way, I'm not related to Dave Eggers. And I said, "Oh, that's fine." And um, and um, and uh, we started talking, and it turns out that you know, uh, when I asked, you know, what have you, what have you been doing? And he said, "You know, I'm, I've just premiered this film called The Wits about witchcraft in in the late 17th century New England." And I said, "Oh, I, I've written a novel." That takes place in the early 17th century in Iceland and features witchcraft and sorcery and witch trials. So obviously we realized, okay, we, we have something in common, and <laughs> and it took up from there. And it's really amazing that there's four people involved in this happening. It's uh, Robin, it's Björk, it's you, it's me. You know that you have a you have a core team for the Northmen there already, and yeah. So I may jump around some. I do want to talk about The Northman, The Witch, uh, The Lighthouse. Well, you guys are both writing stories about uh, witches, as you just mentioned. How do you think about when you're creating a story like that, a curse or fate or some of these things and building tension? Because we know it's happening. The audience is watching. How do you think about some of those things? Like when a curse or something like that builds tension throughout the movie or the book? I mean, the the... So with with the witch, this is not quite answering your question, and Sean can probably answer your your question in a sophisticated way. But with with the witch, I just thought every single scene needs to end with an oh shit moment that's worse than the ending of the previous scene. And if I, if it's always just a little bit worse, every the end of every scene is always just a little bit worse, then we are going to build the the tension. You know, yeah, that, 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 that's 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 the great thing about curses, you know, they just get worse and worse and worse, you know. And uh, if it's a proper curse, if, if it's properly cast at the beginning, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful storytelling uh, vehicle to take you to hell. And 
<laughs> and that's what the old stories give us. You know, they give give us these wonderful, wonderful tools of narration. You know, that uh, just put you put something in action, and uh, also with fate. You know, I mean, you can't skip it, and uh, you've got someone getting more and more uh, caught up and uh, tied up in the net once it's been cast. You know, mm. once you set it out. And, uh, and I mean, I think no matter how uh, modern we think we are or, 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 or civilized, you know, there is a very strong belief in the mechanism, of course, you know, and, uh, and we, we, we see it all around us in, 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 in our contemporary lives. They, they just have different names now. And uh, we, we like cursed families, you know, families that have endless troubles, endless mishaps, you know, three siblings die in the same year. And then mm. the parents get like, you know, whatever, trapped underwater somewhere. I mean, and then you think, OK, what happened? You know, where, where does this come from? There was there's it's like something was set in motion. And, and I think we uh, just as human beings who are receptive to stories and who understand the world through stories we we understand these mechanisms and and we still believe in them deep deeply so in addition to uh some of that tension there how do you guys both approach your research are there things you learn from each other it seems like you both do a, a ton a ton of research i saw one of the views of one of the reviews about these films it's something like the phrase authenticity and nightmares about how specific it is for these types of movies. And um, how do you think about that? What did you learn from each other about the research phase? Well, I mean, I, I think with, with the Northman, I think initially Shion um, was felt less restricted than me because he, um, the material belongs to him and his culture. And so there, I imagine that he shown felt the freedom to like, you know, just kind of be. Um, but whereas I like to keep myself like in, imprisoned in, in research, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I think for, for, for like the, the, the research for me, uh, I, one of the things that I find about about it that's the most helpful is that you don't you can't make as many choices because uh, you you can't it can't be anything it has to be this and and you've discovered that this is the fact and you have to uh, stick to it. I mean, I think Shion, you can say if you disagree, but one of the things that was tough was when we had a draft of the Northman that we really both liked a lot, and then we gave it to a bunch the, the 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 first three Viking experts, and there were things that needed to to change if we were going to do it correctly. And so the challenge was to like, how do we do something better than we had before that matches, you know, what's correct even though we were really happy with what we had. I mean, how is that for you? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the, the nice discovery for me was that uh, Robert wanted to be much more authentic than I, in a way, needed to be as, mm. as someone who's, uh, who comes from a tradition of telling these stories. Because basically... The Icelanders have never stopped telling these stories. The stories take place 
in uh, the late uh, 9th, early 10th century. And they have been retold over and over again in different forms in Iceland ever since. And that is a fact, you know. The great uh, moment of telling the stories is in the 13th, 14th century when the sagas are written. But we never stop retelling them and reshaping them. And that means that we've, we naturally give ourselves, uh, let's say, quite, 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 quite a large poetic license. Mm-hmm. The poetic license is quite big. And uh, so I think uh, we, we were a perfect match because I came, I, who in a way the stories belong to, I came uh, with um, um, approached it from, from that angle with, with, with a certain kind of freedom. And then Robert came asking for the authenticity and accuracy and the historical uh, historical uh, historical remaking of the world had to be right so i think we matched very well there and then obviously the specialists came and uh, pointed to things that we needed to work on and and uh, and that was simply amazing to to discover uh, how much more was there than we even had known you know before mm. and uh, I, I felt it was always liberating, you know, for the material when they, because they obviously know it so well, you know, they, they knew it better than the both, both of us. So, so they came with options that, you know, made everything just better. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that, uh, let's say the, in the end, the, the approach that, the, that you can see in the Northman is that while uh, the, reality the outer world of the the, the 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 images that you see are as authentic as possible uh, as recreations of the time that story takes place in but there is uh, also in it uh, you you have a sense of the of the of the freedom of the storytellers of the of the 12th especially of the 12th and 13th century and their approach to 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 that reality how, how they admitted uh, as early as that, that the inner reality of the characters is manifesting in the outer reality. And then, of course, what is possible in cinema and what Robert is a genius at is manifesting visually the, the inner beliefs and, 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 and experiences of the characters. With these films, uh, The Northman's been compared to some of the the more epic early movies, Casablanca, Lawrence of Arabia, movies like that, which are trying to be emulated some today and like Marvel with the big fight scene in, in some degrees. How do you guys think about historical epics? Are you are you having conversations about movies from the past or are you are you so into, you know, the actual story, your culture, your heritage, what the experts are saying that you're really focused on this thing in a different realm? Like, how do you kind of think about, um, do you have conversations about films or not when writing a movie like this? I, I think you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think with this movie, we maybe talked about films less than some other things we've been currently working on. Like, I, I mean, um, but certainly I always watch a lot of films in the process and, and, and whether we talked about, I mean, we, you know, Conan, the barbarians on the mind, you know, uh, uh, Spartacus 
is on the mind. Uh, you know, all of Kurosawa's samurai canon like is is on the mind and then you know even and then and then to some degree even films that i'm not trying hard to emulate uh you know like uh gladiator and braveheart are on the mind too you know because they certainly are good films that really work you know um and 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 we and we and we but we i think you know we talked about some of that stuff sean we talked about on yeah the, yeah off yeah. very much mind. yeah but yeah but um but yeah yeah. And, you know, and, and just to add to the list, you know, I mean, there's Andrei Rubliev, obviously, by Tarkovsky, but there is also a lesser known uh, Czech, Czechoslovakian film called Marketa Lazarova. Yeah. And another Russian film called How to Be a God. And, there, and there, in, 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 in those films, you have a recreation of the past, but you've got an incredible intensity and intensity in the storytelling that you do not find in the films, in, in the American films, for example. The, there is something about how they drive the characters over the limits, they drive the performance over the limit, you know, that, you know, was very inspiring. Yeah. A, f- a, f- a film from Kazakhstan, Fall of Otrar, also. There you go. In that, in that Soviet uh, wheelhouse of pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I, I, yeah, we, we talked about, about about films like that, you know, and um, and then you know in the storytelling, I think uh, uh, we not only try to stay true to let's say the 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 subject matter uh, 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 of the story or the historical uh, accuracy of the recreation, we are also working we are also working with. Uh, 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 narrative, a narrative structure that belongs much more to the medieval way of telling a story than mm-hmm. you usually have in a Western West, in Western cinema. Yeah. And uh, and the, the the great thing about it is that at the same time we took like obviously the very well known uh, hero's journey. You know, we we we. Brought, we brought to it the medieval sensibility, you know. So I think what I personally am very proud of in the in in the in the film is that how we use all the beats of the hero's journey, but at every moment you have the hero taking the next step uh, according to let's say the more formulaic uh, uh, American film. We allow the hero to take that step, but that step is undermined immediately afterwards, you know. So just to take an example from the beginning of the film, uh, when uh, young Amleth uh, escapes the island after the massacre and, uh, and, uh, and the killing of his father, you know, this is the moment where you set up the main character uh, uh, as, 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 as a character you will follow through, through anything you, 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 you put put the stake of sympathy, you know, right into the, into the, into the, into the audience's hearts. And what happens? The next thing we see, he's a grown-up. Okay, we see he's a grown-up, he's a lost, he's a lost man, but he goes through a horrible, horrible massacre of, of innocence in a faraway country. You know, it's very, very difficult to, to regain the sympathy for him again after that, but we do, 
And what do we do when we regain the sympathy? We do the same thing. So I think we we managed to do some very interesting things with storytelling here. So one thing, this this may be a question more around the lighthouse, but really all your films. So the witch is kind of horror cinema, lighthouse, psychological thriller. Um, Northman is a little more conventional compared to some of those, but how do you think about real and unreal in your films? Do you, do you care? Is it supposed to be a really blurry line of what's real and what's not real for the character or the viewer? Yeah. I mean, it should be, it should be blurry. Um, certainly in, <clears throat> in, in the lighthouse, I think. Um, and, 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 in, and in the Northman, you know, all the, you know, the, basically if you believe in this stuff it's true that's that's kind of where i'm at with it you know uh, i think um oliver sacks wrote a good book uh, on hallucinations and you know and he was kind of saying you know if you can get yourself in like you just through prayer through prayer alone you can get into a state where you're seeing visions mm-hmm. and so like yeah like like there's a way for science to explain it but if you believe it then it is that vision so certainly like in the northmen uh these these old norse people believe in the norns and and odin and uh and the you know the 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 living dead and, and so they so it's real for for them and in you know in the lighthouse uh you know as as pattinson gets more obsessed with what is going on in there the 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 more real it becomes to him but you know although interestingly rob told me like i don't want to make a movie about a magical lighthouse i want to make a movie about someone going fucking crazy uh but in his absolute moment of like of in insanity he believes you know mm. so so then the all the all the stuff that defoe believes in is real if that makes sense maybe that's maybe david lynch and Boonwell would criticize me for being so black and white about being gray but uh but what can i do it's too late We'll just do maybe uh, two more. We've talked mainly big picture stuff. What are some of the logistics of your writing partnership? Like just the literal, how did you kind of, kind of pass the work back and forth and some of those things? Well, with the, with the Northman, uh, when we started, uh, uh, Robert, you already had like three, four pages of storyline and we sat down to work on that and it grew to like a 12 page storyline and we, send that back and forth and, you know, discuss that. And then it became even larger than that. And uh, then I was ready to have a go at the first draft. You were going into preparation at the time for Nosferatu, 2, if I remember correctly. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and uh, when the first draft was ready, we, that became our playground, you know, and uh, it's been a very much a back and forth, uh, on the dialogues, especially, you know, because English is not my native language. And Robert, you, your input in the dialogues and reshaping dialogues and all of that has been, has, has been very 
that's a part of it. And for me, a learning experience as well. But, you know, I think I think we create this together, you know, really. Yeah, but I but I but I would say generally uh, like generally, you know, until the like Sean does the heavy lifting at once to get to us to the first draft and he breaks the first draft once that once i do my pass on that then it's constant back and forth for through the rest of the drafts and through i mean with with the northman there is so much uh, like dialogue tweaking in post-production uh with with uh, adr um i mean we it, it just tons of it and it was uh, quite a challenge because you know uh jaren and i don't shoot tr- traditional coverage so sometimes you know there's a long shot portions on someone's back and it's easy to change the line but sometimes all we have is a close-up and we have to tweak something and so then we're trying to say some things shown it's 12 syllables the fourth syllable is the th like there's another consonant here like, and so it becomes this challenging, you know, New York like Times math problem, uh, yeah. word puzzle to yeah. figure out what, how yeah. to change. <laughs> no, but we, we, uh, we, we really, we, I think it's, it's really an amazingly uh, organic uh, working relationship. And uh, we sent back and forth as well, you know, I mean, we sent uh, pictures and, 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 and essays and, uh, and, uh, and music playlists, <laughs> music playlists, and film clips. You know, just to to create a mind space that we share and we that we 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 we, we use as a compost uh, pile. You know that we 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 know that we're both seeking from and 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 being inspired from, and uh, it's been it's been amazing, really. Yeah. We'll just do last question. Do you guys have any advice for young writers, young screenwriters trying to find their voice? Is it just repetition? Any any advice you can give them about finding who they are, their voice on the page? I mean, I think I think it's fine when you're young <clears throat> to emulate, <clears throat> you know, the people who you're inspired by, and 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 that you'll slowly. The, the derivative stuff will slowly just naturally shed away, like until you find who you are. But obvious, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if there is like a magic bullet for, for that, um, you know, shown. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, you know, when you say uh, uh, it, it, it's good to emulate people that you are inspired by, it means write something that excites you, you know, uh, and for me, it's always like just remember what excites you. What excites me in cinema? What excites me in, in literature? You know, and it's good to remember yourself as a young. Well, you're talking about someone young, but, you know, you, you, you've always been younger. Uh, imagine, imagine and remember uh, your 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 wonderful encounters you know the the moments that inspire that excited you you know excited you and inspired you because that's where you want to go you want to be the guy who has that effect on other people you know so enjoy it and and go for what excites you and and has inspired you and and don't think about like uh, like you said i mean you don't even have to think about being original because all of this stuff that's gone into you you know, it it's it is 
definitely creating a unique uh, recipe already. You know, you are a unique recipe. Just let it go. Just, just let just let it flow. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the show. So many great lessons on screenwriting there. If you're looking for some more information, though, some more about the craft of writing for television, uh, we have a new course called Script Mastermind, where we have 21 of our proven experts telling you how to write for television, how to write a screenplay, how to break in, things like that. Uh, this includes shows of Gordon Levitt, Judd Apatow, also the writers of shows like Handmaid's Tale, Mosquito Coast, Hunters, Solar Opposites, Resident Alien, WandaVision, the list goes on and on. Check that out. Uh, you can get this all right now for $1 at scriptmastermind.com slash television. That is the television screenwriting masterclass. It is at scriptmastermind.com slash television. We'll see you next time with a new episode.